don't know how to live in post-pandemic hell. Leave on! Take off! I'm vaccinated. Dem talk is here! We're still not safe! Leave on! Take off! Make up your damn mind, there must be more Hello to and good evening. My name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who help me find the method of the madness, reason and the unreasonable, make sense out of nonsense, because this is okay hear me out Aaron and bob how y'all doing this evening fantastic how are you gentlemen doing Aaron? i <laughs> Josh, that was sure. a great lead-in did you <laughs> yeah, yeah did you practice that just recently <laughs> dude i practice it day and night i wake up in the morning my cat's like jumping on me and i'm just like hello and good morning <laughs> and you know just go from there you wouldn't have happened to practice that right before I forgot to download any of the voicemails or do any of my responsibilities on the show or anything like that, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I usually do it as part of my my yeah. mic check, uh, you know, when when we're before we start recording. But um, I, I don't know if you know you're talking about some pretty strange, pretty weird circumstances right now, Aaron. Same. I'm just doing a really specific hypothetical. So I just wanted to check <laughs> okay, in. Okay. Okay. I'm glad that this is how you're doing this evening. <laughs> That's it's exactly okay. how I'm doing this evening. It's okay, Josh. It's okay, Aaron. We got to listen to the Gaston song a second time. And I know it's Aaron's favorite song of all time, his favorite Disney song. It is my favorite Disney song. Gaston is bass as fuck. I'm really disappointed that it looked like, I think, the guy from Will and Grace. And uh, just a bunch of... Di- I, I actually probably which, which, was Which him. guy from Will and Grace? I don't know, the little, little weaselly uh, gay guy. The answer is the gay one, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I think everybody's gay in that show. Like, I think like the main. Probably, I think that's the point of the show. He looks like the brother from Two and a Half Men. Uh, oh, you're right. He does look like him too. Yeah. Like, hey, are, are you sure it's not the same actor though? I don't know if it's the same guy. <laughs> no, it's not the yeah. guy from that. He does have that vibe though. Yeah. Ducky from Sixteen Candles. What I'm hearing is that this guy's going to make it big in Hollywood. He has a face for a sitcom. Yeah, he has the face of a gay guy. He's going to go places <laughs> yeah. in Hollywood for sure. It holds all the... His face holds all the makeup very well. <laughs> I was going to say, he has the face of a Kevin Spacey pizza party victim. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's gracious. All right. Well, voicemails. If you guys want to leave a voicemail, yes. call in at 1-833-666-911. That's one eight three three six 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 zero nine one one. So we have a voicemail today. If you want to play that, Bob. Yep. Hey guys, this is Sean. I'm listening to your podcast, latest episode about a flat Earth, and my stance towards flat Earth. I always just kind of have the idea of that's bullshit, but I believe it. Um, but listening to your guest's reasoning using the Bible, and he has this one part where he says, you know, using lines from the Bible about the foundations of the earth, and that foundations means a flat surface. But then later on, he says, face of the earth, like uh, Jesus saying, you know, the face of the earth and the face of the sky. Well, I have a face, and... I don't know about you, but my head is more like a lumpy sphere than a flat thing. So, uh, I don't know. I think this is checkmate flat, flat earth heads. Um, well, let me know what you think. Uh, okay, first of all, <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But who the no, fuck is No, no, no. The, the full quote 
the full quote in I think it's in the Apocrypha is Jesus says the face of the earth like Sean that guy in 2021 with the lumpy head. <laughs> it's exactly like Sean's lumpy ugly head. That's I think that's the exact quote. So I think I, I might have a point here. I might have to relook into this. But if you if you knew Sean, if you knew his face, you'd know it's it's effectively the platonic form of faces. So it's it's appropriate the comment he's making. Wait, who is who is Sean? Oh, he, he's a dickhead. He, I've been playing D and D with him for years. God Deals damn it, James. I was such and such. I've been waiting for so long for us to have one caller that it didn't have one degree of separation <laughs> from the host of the show. <laughs> Someday it will happen. We will build that audience. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, it is not it has not spread that far. We've made it all the way to tertiary characters in uh, Josh's D and D group, though. So we're really <laughs> we're really spreading the tendrils out there into the public. Hey, Maybe to if be you guys fair. didn't make fun of the callers in so much, they wouldn't be so intimidated. New callers wouldn't be so intimidated. Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> Talking about his lumpy face. Just met the guy. Yeah, clocks have faces. What? Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. What do we have as a topic today? Speak, speaking of clocks, what are we talking about tonight, Aaron? Oh, that's a great lead in, Josh. I'm so... You're right. <laughs> speaking of clocks. What uh what year how many years do you think it was before said said Jesus Christ uh was born? What do you what do you suspect? 2021? Oh wait, wait since since he was born? Yeah. Oh yeah, the year of sure. our Lord yeah, 2021. Like, Hallelujah. You know, praise maybe his give name. or take a couple few years, like uh you know, for, for historical record keeping at the time, maybe like you know, twenty fifteen to twenty twenty-five-ish. But, I'd say know, seconds to minutes, mostly. We got it. We got it down <laughs> to a science. This is down to a science. Jesus could have been born in the spring of year one, but you know, not like year two. That's just crazy talk. How dare you? He was born on December twenty fifth. Year zero <laughs> zero AD. No one AD. There is no zero AD. But I time is hist- history is fucked. Like to a point. That you guys can't imagine. And I want to... Are we talking about Einstein's theory, theory of general relativity? Is that what we're talking about tonight? No. We are talking okay, about Fomenko's new chronology. Have you guys heard of a scientist named Fomenko? Anatoly. Yeah, yeah, Anatoly Fomenko. I mean, as of uh, whenever Matt brought him up. Wait, Matt wasn't the one who brought him up, right? Yeah, actually. He was the one that brought him up, and that was the most interesting shit I've ever looked up in my entire life. Well, go on. I, I feel like you say that every week, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep finding out the most interesting thing every week. That's how much the I boy love who cried conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's so interesting about this? Okay. So, do you know where we get our chronology from? Like, how do you think that we record history? Just give me the basics of how we record history. My assumption was always tax records, that, like, every society keeps very detailed tax records, and that we just have year after year after year, you know, some some form of either remaining or referenced records for that yeah there's a bunch of other stuff there and you know but I, I feel like that's one of the easiest ways to look back and just account for the time count for years 
we actually have so many gaps where we don't have records of it's kind of staggering probably through mostly like war and burning of just libraries or not taking care of the books properly we have so we actually don't really have great tax records just year to year to year to year interesting not, interesting. not in the uh well i found recently there was a archaeological find of like an old tablet that was made in like the mesopotamia era it's like the super old like one of like the oldest transcriptions like they have ever found before and it was like a receipt for like buying like grain or something like that and like it described the quality of the grain that they were buying so like like josh said like taxes and purchasing stuff like that were like you know the oldest form of um of record keeping that we had because there's really no purpose maybe credit and loans too well we had we had never really had chronology as like a science or a historical record until the 16th century where anybody actually documented it and put it together. Um, and the guy that did this, that's credited to how the timeline we all know for historical record keeping was a French philologist and historian named Joseph Scaliger. And they call it the Scaligerian chronology. And that is what we all know as historical chronology. Like Renaissance was, you know, fifteen hundreds, late fourteen hundreds, so like the, you know, through the seventeen hundreds. Um, what happened in ancient Greece, Rome, tying years together, tying years together for a bunch of different historian uh, European countries, and trying to tie it up into one chronological time period and. He's actually the first guy that started using, um, he's the first one to start using eclipses to try to verify dates. I mean, that's clever. That's, we seem to have a pretty precise understanding of the, the motion of heavenly bodies. And we got a old document says, saw an eclipse today. You would think so. Idea of when that happened. You would think yeah, yeah, that yeah. we have a good, you know, the Aztecs and the Mayans, the Mayans, I mean, the Mayans could predict their calendar if ended in 2012. If you don't know when to sacrifice someone, you don't know when to got to wake up in the morning. <laughs> that didn't make any sense, but I know where you're going. <laughs> really faltered at the end. Yeah, instead of the old rooster in the morning, it's the blood-curdling scream of someone being beheaded and flayed alive. Yeah, no way to appease the sun god on the wrong day. That's embarrassing. <laughs> So the Mayan calendar had like they accurately predicted eclipses and shit like that all the way up to 2012 when their calendar, what we know of it ended, their era ended. But it just resets. It's just like the it's just like a what they're not going to write it out to like the year 30,000. You know what I mean? Um, but they were able to accurately predict what the sky would do. Um, what's interesting about that? You've heard that, right? That the Mayans accurately predict like astrological events leading up to 2012 astronomical but um yeah i feel like god damn it i deserve that i deserve that for shitting on you and a joke immediately calling you out um yeah i i feel like i i remember uh hearing that kind of all those old civilizations across the world yeah so the central south american mayans aztecs incas whatever incans whatever and then also over to the egyptians and like the indo China uh, people and the Muslim people and all that, depending on, like, you know, I feel like everyone just 
always had an understanding of not always, but you know, for a long time has had an understanding of astronomy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was how you got around until like 1950. <laughs> you had to know the stars to know when to like plant your crops and when to do anything. Is so there was a lot more of a cultural relevance to understanding the cosmos. So um, here's the weird thing that it wasn't predicted in the Aztecian calendar, but we take as fact, even though you don't know about it yet. There was a guy named Robert Newton. He was a uh, Robert Newton. He was an astrophysicist for NASA. I think uh, Johns Hopkins, but also NASA. He might have worked for Johns Hopkins and got recruited Whatever. by NASA to make no, a no, model no, not for important. him. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, he did work for NASA at one point. Probably did okay. both. So he came up with a model to predict when lunar eclipses would uh, or when we accurately predict lunar eclipses to like the minute and the model was perfect and he did it by looking at like hundreds and hundreds of eclipse records from history and charting out the the time intervals of and like locations of when that would happen and he was able to just by taking old records of eclipses predict future eclipses like extremely accurately. But there's one problem with his model. Would you guys like to know what that is? It didn't of account course. for the acceleration of the moon's path of travel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just had, we just had to spoil you to it. Uh, I yeah, knew we, we should have talked to him before the show. <laughs> I know that because I'm just a big brain scientist and I fucking uh, love science. Oh, you also a master of physics stuff over here? <laughs> so he discovered and astrology. a weird <laughs> astronomical anomaly. According to his record of all these eclipses they looked at in the model, the moon had to have sped up around the year 800 BC or 700 BC and slowed back down to what we know it, the speed we know it, because it's a constant speed now since the year 1000 AD. So based on when all these lunar eclipses happened and the dates provided, the moon sped up on its orbit around the Earth for uh, the better part of 1800 years. Well, it sped up and slowed down. Not a couple hundred. Oh, no. It's the 700 or 1,000, right? It, it sped up around 700 BC, 800 or 700 BC, somewhere between oh, BC. there. Sorry, I thought you said AD. Excuse yeah, me. yeah, BC. And then it got to normal speed at around 1,000 AD. And he doesn't know what caused this, but he knows that that happened. Now, this is where Fomenko comes in. He's a Russian scientist, worked at the University of Moscow or the State School of Moscow, something like that. He's a Russian guy. He started looking at this guy's projection of eclipses and was like, this works amazing. He, his model is perfect. It accurately can tell you when these eclipses are going to happen. But he was trying to figure out this a astronomical event that caused the moon to speed up because there's no fucking way that happened that's retarded the moon didn't just speed up and no one knows why so he remembered hearing about this other russian professor uh more more of morisov 
Uh, let me look up his name. Sorry, right here. Uh, Nikolai Morozov. Yeah, Morozov. Okay, yes. So Nikolai Morozov, who, by the way, was the author of a book named just titled Christ. So he's the most based professor professor ever. <laughs> he, in that book, said that they were wrong about dates in these uh, ancient eclipses, like Greek eclipses and dis- different eclipses throughout history. He dated them from like BC and dated them in the early Middle Ages. And everybody at the time, this is in like the 1920s, everybody at the time, his peers basically dismissed him, said he was crazy and that their historical records were accurate. And so he was out of his mind and that the moon sped up and it wasn't that uh, they just determined the moon sped up and it wasn't that the history was wrong. So wait, wait, hold on. This Wait, hold on. This model okay. that was created by the MIT NASA guy, when was he around? When did he make the model? I think he made that model in this, uh, like, right around 1970, actually. Okay, when was the Russian guy around? 1920s. They they just dismissed him. I'm saying later they said the moon had to speed up. History wasn't wrong. Uh, they didn't tell okay. more of Morisov that the moon sped up. They, <laughs> sorry if that was unclear. <laughs> oh Yeah, okay. They just told Morisov that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. History is definitely right, and he's an idiot. So um, he predated this guy with that Manko. observation. Yeah. Yeah. So he he predated that, and they called him a retard back then. And then come the MIT guy, they're like, oh, my God, how is the mood accelerating? Yes. The, so NASA, <laughs> of course, instead of see, this is the, he, the, the NASA thing is a perfect example of modern day science. They have something applied where they can't lie about a lunar eclipse happening. So the math has to be perfect. So they have a model where the math is perfect and they can accurately predict the lunar eclipses because you can't just be wrong and still go with that model. But they already have an answer that they won't back off of. So they have to reverse engineer an explanation for why they're already still correct. So they said the moon sped up. Like, instead of just saying that history might be wrong, they, they're like, no, the answer we know is right is right. The moon must have sped up. That's from what? NASA. Do, do they give an explanation of how or why the no, moon would be speeding No, they don't know up? why. That's the mystery they have to uncover. They know it happened. So. They know it happened for sure. But they just don't know why. It's going to take some good money to figure out why, though. Yeah, (laughs) and it's it's imperative, especially with this global warming shit going on. It's imperative we find out, dude. What if the moon slows down? It did. (laughs) What would happen then? (laughs) Uh, It it won't because it never has. It never has. Never will. It always goes the exact (laughs) same speed for all of observable human history. So I'll I'll say too. I was reading um reading a bit of Robert Newton's book, and I I found there's there's another section in addition to that that I found interesting, which was that he he has a whole section of the back that's citing a number of inconsistencies for historical records of uh, astronomical events um, and when he would calculate things to occur or uh, it, or that there shouldn't be anything occurring at that point. So it's not like it's just everything's perfect except he shifted this, uh, you know, however many years. It's that, 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 and then there are also like a half dozen recorded events, uh, the eclipses, solar flares, whatever that um don't line up with anything he's able to calculate yeah uh 
Claudius Ptolemy or Ptolemy. Um, Newton hated him. He thought he was a complete fraud because all of his astrological observations he thinks are just completely wrong. Like they don't fit his model at all. And his model is accurate. So he's like, this guy was a charlatan. So Ptolemy, the father of like Greek astrology, they called him the king of Alexandria, like scientists did because they like how much stuff with the astronomy that they actually take from him. And uh, he wow. said he used the, like a Babylonian method of astronomy or something and then basically took a bunch of their work and then added some stuff to it and made all these observations. But he would like change things to try to fit whatever narrative he was saying at the time. And that's why it didn't match up with these models. So there's a lot of scientists that actually say Ptolemy was a complete fraud uh, besides just Newton. But this, the guy that did have the accurate model in the seventies that he made was, did hate that hate Ptolemy. Huh? <laughs> okay. So, uh, which we honestly we don't learn about him even that much because he was geocentric. But once Copernicus and the Jesuits came along, they were like, "Yeah, they're all everyone's retarded before us. We revolve around the sun, and they changed the math of the astronomy." But um, so, anyways, Newton has the right model, but so Fomenko takes Newton's model for eclipses. And just applies this more of Morisov, his dates to that model, and all of a sudden the moon doesn't have to have sped up at all. It actually matches perfectly. Like it's just a linear line of like how the moon moves normally. Yeah. And so he was so, like, "Okay, go ahead." This this is uh, a fifteen hundred year jump. Was that what you said or, or gap? Eighteen hundred years. There's eighteen hundred years where these eclipses are wrong and he has to make the moon speed up in order to make it match the current uh, like prediction of eclipses and, and to match the historical records. Do you see what I'm so, saying? What, what, yeah. When we, when we cut out that 1800 years, what happens? What, what, you know, period of time is that cutting out or is it just like, you know, there's gaps in time there and you can kind of like, it adds up to that much. How exactly does that work? Well, we don't cut it out. We don't cut out um, eighteen hundred years completely. You just it's condensed into like eight eight hundred to a thousand years. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that that that's, makes sense. So yeah, it's uh the the moon made eight hundred years worth of uh, rotations. Or whatever. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, so different historical records where they see an eclipse at a certain area. Basically, Newton could say uh, they wouldn't have seen an eclipse in their area unless it was this date, this date, this date, or this date. And he knows that the historical record is wrong. But he didn't come to the conclusion that the historical record was wrong. He came to the conclusion that the moon sped up. So why? Either, what? <laughs> wait, why would he wait, focus wait. on that instead of being like, "Well, our our records might be inaccurate from thousands of years ago." No, 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 no. It's the the yeah. moon that's changing speed across the sky. Probably because who he worked for, their name means uh. deceive in Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> might have something to do with it. Um, <laughs> if the if the moon speeds up, does like the 
the radius, the orbit change, or does like the time of a day change? Everything's I, the same except it just does it faster. So we have shorter days than that period. Like what the no, fuck? No, the moon doesn't have anything to do with your daytime. The sun stays. Well, no, no. I mean, it's the Earth's rotation, well, but like you know, hold, so hold so on, our degrees have eclipsed constantly, eclipses constantly because it's just you know, mess. Whatever. Go, go on, Bob. Well, it, theoretically, if it did speed up, it would have to be coming closer, making the the radius of the rotation tighter for it to go fat. It would go faster to stay in that spot, basically. So the closer it gets, no, that'd be. What? Well, what what speed are we talking about? Because further out, it, it would if it has the same orbit, it would be faster, you know, uh, tangential velocity. Well, it would be know. it would be orbiting around the Earth faster. Okay, so it's so yeah. faster radial velocity. Sorry, I yeah, yeah. don't know what people talk about. It could be about. either. It could it could be on the same path at a, at a faster speed and then slowed down, or it could be tighter to the Earth and at the same speed, therefore rotating us faster. It would make a, it would make the rotation around the Earth faster. It doesn't so matter. It, Those yeah, are both okay. science fiction. What do you think is most likely, guys? That uh, some the, history the records were wrong. Yes, obviously they're not <laughs> yes, right. That is the most obvious answer. <laughs> so Fomenko, that's all he did. He goes, "Oh, the records are wrong." Well, there's that astronomy. Uh, his quote was, "Uh." Oh, where is that? Oh, he goes, and that's how I solved a trivial problem of celestial mechanics. <laughs> Instead of the- looking for a miracle of what <laughs> happened, it probably <laughs> was that the people that had gave you the numbers on the dates were full of shit. Yeah. So he this starts going off this model, and now these he has to present this. So he gets published in a bunch of journals. He starts doing this in the 70s. This uh, Fomenko, uh, he's doing it by himself from like 73 to like 78. This is like his entire work in college is doing this. Then he gets a couple of uh, associates, uh, some scientists named uh, Kalishnikov and Nasovsky. And they help Holy him fuck. date a bunch of, well, they help him create a bunch of mathematical models. So they start trying to figure out how they can. But him just figuring this part out where the history is wrong and the lo- the moon didn't stop going at a different speed was his start. That was his starting point. So then using that information and just, you know, like a normal person would come to that conclusion, which nobody thought of until 1971, except for one Russian guy that everyone dismissed. Well, Aaron, how dare you suggest that we didn't know everything about astronomy 2000 years ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 3,000. Sorry, go on. So what he did was he started using, he wanted to use statistics to, anal, uh, he wanted to use statistical analysis on historical records to try to find where there were repetitions, but for different dates, and figure out if they were telling the same story, but the chronology was oh. way off. So how they would, okay. how he would do it is he'd take like, uh, what they uh, they would try to find the local maxima in historical text segments, and they'd use a year for a text segment. So he would take something like a book like The History of Rome by Titus Livy versus the essays on the history of ancient Rome by Vladimir Sergeyev. And they'd match up. And, oh, so how what the local maxima is, is how many events or pages did they have on a certain year? 
Now, one guy might be long-winded, but yeah, more part of the idea is like publish publish things, publish like projects, basically, not each page, maybe. No, yeah, yeah, like the number of records. But I, I think yeah. uh, part of the explanation I, I understand as well is that, um, like for for events of note, like you have a battle, you have a, a big you know ceremony or anniversary or a new emperor being crowned. That those are going to have a bunch more records, or that that's going to be uh, you know much uh, higher density of records than the fifty years between. Partially, but see, here's the thing: he since he thought that history was faked, he actually was looking at how much they were writing about each event. And then what he figured out is that when you wrote a certain amount about an event, he could look at it and match it up. So he'd say, let's just say for both these Rome guys, they'd have a, a page on the year 77 AD when Rome burned. They'd write a shit ton about that. The one guy would like 20% of his ancient history of Rome would be on Caligula. And it'd go into that one segment. So like, there'd be this big spike in how much he wrote about an event. And then he'd compare it to like a hundred books on Rome. And he'd find that the actual, the percentage they would write about a certain event, meaning there was more data on it, would match. So in the, the local maxima, the peaks on the Caligula event would match from Rome book to Rome, but like these historical records, the maxima would match on all of them. Do you know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the yeah, peaks think, yeah. would be the same. Then he started noticing that if, if you took just two random subjects and did it, it wouldn't look the same at all. The peaks on year to year would look way off. He started finding where a text about, let's see, the book, uh, it would be like something titled The Tale of Bygone Years written from nine, somewhere between 900 and 1,000. When they, You know when they have those like guesstimation things that they, like this this work was written somewheres in this 200-year range. And now, yeah. so the tale of bygone years is written between 900 and 1000 AD, and Mikafrovskaya Chronicle, written between 13 and 1400, uh, they're talking about two separate events, 400-ish years apart. They'd have exact lo lo matching maxima, and they'd have like similar stories, but like changed culturally. And he realized that they were talking about the same fucking event, even though all the characters were different. And it was told differently. Okay. And he would figure this out by matching statistical data of these local maxima. And he would develop things like this to, to compare maps to figure out when he thought maps were actually written, because he'd see how the maps would kind of change at, or which ones would. Oh, the, Africa looks all fucked up here, but that's kind of what it looks like from I. And then he'd find a way to, like, analyze all these maps to try to come up with this, a statistical probability of chronology for these maps. And he's okay. trying to just figure out, because if you know that you can't trust, he, he went off the premise he can't trust the dates on it. So he's trying to figure out if there's another way he can, chrono, you know, come up with a chronological order to writings and, and dates and, and tie events together that didn't have to do with the written date because he already knew the written date was wrong because of the lunar eclipses. And that's what this guy's work was. Okay. That, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good me method uh, going forward. I, 
my thought would be that for some of these types of documents, like maps drawn, uh, cartographed across the world, that there wouldn't be necessarily identical progression of the um, sophistication of maps in certain coastlines uh, across the world. Or, or for uh, the same event told um, in two different cultures, it wasn't necessarily written, if, especially if it's not a major event, it wasn't necessarily written down or recorded at the same time. Uh, so, you know, a couple hundred years apart, they could be telling some, you know, some story, some oral history at that point and just write it down at some point going forward from there. And then the the date is kind of, you know, makeshift or it, it like the, yeah, the, like I, I'm not sure exactly sure how those would or wouldn't line up. But um, like in, in general, the methodology seems, you know, like a very good idea, a very good approach to how to line up historical events and how to treat historical documents. Mm-hmm. So that was his method. And he used that to confirm that history's chrono- uh, chronology was was way off. So where does that take us then? Well, where, what he where do, thinks okay. is that, see, where he thinks the missing years really are is where he thinks that Greece, Rome, a lot of Greece, Rome, and Egypt, a lot of their chronology, how they're spread out over these thousands, like hundreds of years at, at these giant intervals are a lot of times the retelling of the same stories with different cultures based on, you know, different writings and based on different astronomical phenomenon that you can date. That's the thing we have, that's the hard thing we have to check it to, is when something, there's an astronomical event, like an eclipse in a location, we know what dates that could have been on in however many intervals. By following the pattern of where it shows up and when it shows up and over the years, yeah. I'd imagine we know a bit more precisely as well because an eclipse, it's not just, you know, the, the whole Earth is not eclipsed at a given point. It has an arc across, you know, for certain times uh, across across the world. Like you're you're going to have an eclipse, you know, here at 6 a.m. in Australia and, uh, you know, at 2 p.m. In, in India for how, how that's going. So you kind of have an idea. I, I would assume you kind of have an idea where this eclipse actually is going to cover um, for each instance, yeah. If you have like multiple, if you have like two accounts of the same eclipse, basically, like, oh, there's this eclipse being told about in Egypt and this one being told about in uh, Spain, and they might have two different dates. That would be possible if it was on the same date, but that wouldn't be possible. At, they can once they have two, they can cross-reference it and they can make it only possible at like one or two times in history. Yeah, exactly. So like they can tell that the that a lot of these things happened at the same time. So these things this what happened is a lot of these civilizations that get spread out over these like oh this one that was just cuz here's one thing that's weird. Isn't it weird that you hear about Egypt and it seems like in history they're the only civilization that existed at the time and everyone else was just cavemen? And they never went and conquered anybody outside of Egypt. They just kind of hung out there. Right. I mean, that's just shitty history because, you know, looking at that, or that shitty history teaching, that's just how they teach history in school, doesn't like put things in context. So if you look, look forward towards like the, uh, 
um, you know, Alexander the Great and Macedonians are looking towards uh, the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the Ottomans, the, what were the Ottomans called back then? Uh, like, the Ottoman uh, Empire? Yeah. Were they, were they, <laughs> they still, still just the Ottomans? The Ottomans? Excuse me. Yeah, I think they uh, were. Well, the, them, I'm pretty sure they conquered into Egypt as well, and Egypt was still, you know, a civilization through, throughout a lot of their um, enterprises and whatever. So, like, Egypt still exists and is a civilization that it's just not taught well or taught in context in schools. So like, it's like you say, Aaron, I think the point here is though, is that we're using a fixed point in time and you can focus that down to like a two days or like a 48 hour time period of where the world's experiencing yeah. a solar eclipse. And so if we know that's a fixed point and then we get accounts of that solar eclipse from several different civilizations, all using different, calendars and clocks and different things like that you're all going to get a different time frame and all of a sudden the history records of the cycle is going to get messed up right is here's that what you're problem. saying Aaron? no not 100 percent. here's what the problem is so you have egypt what okay here's something you hear all the time of uh, when you look back at a lot of ancient uh empires an empire usually fails around 250 to 275 years you heard that? And people always reference that to America because we're falling right now. Yeah. Sure. Why would they say that if Egypt has been around in power for 4,000 years? Because they were dealing with the Greeks. They were still a power when Greece was around. Because like Cleopatra was during the Caesars. Like she's banging Marcus Aurelius to get trade deals and stuff. So like... What I'm suggesting is that the Egyptian empire and all the history we know about them and Greece are the same time. Oh. So, I mean, there, there's already an understanding of overlap, but I get, yeah, I, mean, I get where you're, where you're coming from. Here's how they know that Egypt is way older, though. From carbon dating and different dating methods of pyramids <laughs> that they vary between 4 and 14,000 years old. They can't decide on the how old the pyramids are within a range of 10,000 years. Well, I, I think of well, 10,000... You can't carbon date stone. <laughs> but using their scientific dating methods, they have... A discrepancy between 2,000 years into all of human history, written history as far as cave paintings go, and 6,000 years before, or 8,000 years before the first cave paintings. Somewhere's between there. Like, that's how off they are on an agreed upon date for the pyramids. Uh, I don't know if you've, either of you have an answer for this, but do you know how they what reference values they use for carbon dating in Egypt. As in, for example, uh, for carbon dating reference values for, for carbon-14 proportions um, for, for given periods of time, they'll typically take like things like, uh, you know, the trees, uh, you know, the, the inside of trees and rings of trees or, or like uh, sediment um, from, or you know, various other types of samples where they can um, have, you know, have an enclosed environment uh, over a long period of time. And, but I, I'm I'm not sure exactly 
I'm I'm just blanking right now what they could use in Egypt. Uh, I, I'm I'm probably just stereotyping that it's all desert and of course you are. Know, it's uh, it's on a de- okay. It's on a basin where they it's the Nile River basin, which is super fertile, yeah. and they can grow tons of shit. So they would take dude. They claim that they can too. take soil samples and know that it's seventy thousand years old, but they can't decide yeah, yeah. if Egypt the Egyptians if the Egyptians built the pyramids four thousand years ago nearly the beginning of known history dating back to almost as old as the Babylonians and way before human history started as far as, so there's cave paintings that are way younger than the pyramids or the pyramids were about 3000 years after that. So, so we just don't know when the pyramids were built at all. And the empire is still there standing strong. So what are the chances that the Egyptian empire is standing for 4,000 fucking years or they kind of were around when Greece was around and, and a lot of these stories are actually the same. Well, when, story. when was, what was the timeline, the chronology of Greece then ancient Greece? Uh, I want to say ancient Greece is like, 800 bc that, that or like right. it's around, like the very beginning of ancient greece yeah and then well because 100 years after that the uh, i, I pulled it up the conventional egyptian chronology this is like what everyone you know consumes and what the, they the all most believe. agreed upon the most agreed yeah, upon version. it goes 3400 before christ to um about 650 after so yeah, it's about yeah. four thousand years of. I mean, th- this is like actual. So they're around when the when the Greeks are there. No, I know they are. We. I never. Conf- I never said that. I'm saying that all of what happened with Egypt that they said took over this four thousand year period. A lot of it is myths. It's a lot of it is mythology conflated into a historical record, and it's actually condensed down and happened around the same time. Like, that's what Fomenko is saying based on astrological records that he's comparing in order to make the timeline and using this Marasov's or Moravosky. I cannot say that Russian guy's name. The one Morozov, that, I think. Morozov. Uh, so like, I don't know. Yeah, that guy's work conflated with the accurate predictor of lunar eclipses and then stretching that backwards in time to historical accounts what he's claiming Fomenko based on his work is that all of these ancient historical records are wrong they're all dated wrong they're saying things are happening that couldn't have happened based on astronomical events that they recorded at the times that they said they happened they're all yeah. dated wrong. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Egyptians dated it wrong or anything like that. What what he's kind of thinking is that, like, during the Middle Ages, they just fabricated a bunch of dates and made the history all fucked up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would have been, like, Scaliger, the guy you're talking about, is, is the one attributed with kind of putting together ancient history as we know it today. So... Um, do you know exactly how, how he did that? What his methodology was for putting these records together into a, a sort of chronology? 
no idea. I can't imagine how you could possibly do that to the level they claim he was able to in 1550 to like 1600. Like that'd be so absurdly difficult to get a hold of those records. Like you're talking traveling for years to like libraries to get books to pour through libraries at other countries and learn other languages. Cause like his jet hit, hit what he actually studied was like historical languages and shit to try to like record all this history. But we just kind of were like, yep, he nailed it and just went with that for all of our history classes. Like, yep, his chronology is perfect, but none of their astronomical data in those historical records matched the dates that the historical records are said to have been written. So once you get to like ancient civilizations, it's all wrong. None, none of the, none of what they said they saw in the sky at certain times is dated correctly. Hmm. So okay, so we we compress a bunch of this uh, ancient history and before Christ history um, into a smaller period of time, generally overlapping uh, between civilizations. Going forward from then um, into uh, let's just say you know, Roman era, uh, Christ and you know, then into the Dark Ages and Middle Ages. Um, what exactly is, does this this new chronology say about that? What are the, the ramifications in that time period? Okay, so what basically the claim that Morisov was making before Fomenko is he's saying these these events that they're talking about in these historical records were forgeries in the Middle Ages, where they're they're showing a Middle Age eclipse, like they're taking. The astronomical thing that they're reviewing is from the Middle Ages, and the Middle Ages people fabricated a lot of what we know as this history. Wait, sorry. When you, when you say it's a Middle Age eclipse, they're viewing. Does that mean a, a that these ancient this ancient history is happening in parallel with the Middle Ages in England and Western Europe? Yeah. You, no, at that point, <laughs> your Middle Ages people are just making up shit about the ancient, our ancient history that we learn every day. So okay. where, where they're this, saying like, wait, wait, where did this idea come from, though? So where did, do you start questioning the Middle Ages and their record keeping or ancient history telling? Well, they'll have like uh, how they question it is that he got he. All, all speculation from these guys they just know the only thing they know for sure is that the old dates aren't correct if the observations are making happened so they know though like a, they'd have an old writing about an astronomical event from 1200 bc saying like definitely Egypt happened or yeah that definitely happened in 600 ad yeah and okay. we know and we can verify that with the, the with our modeling that yeah. is 100% yeah. correct because the <laughs> the lights in the sky, the moon and the stars and all are that consistent. are yeah. on extremely constant paths. Yeah. It's the controlled variable. So it's not that a lot of this stuff, some of this stuff might not have happened. They conflate they might have made they they might have written a whole record about an, a bunch of Egyptian lineages and had got all this stuff and then made up a story of it all based around having a sphinx in a pyramid. Like there's shit like that, that they are saying that is happening. There's entire historical storytelling that just got all made up in the middle ages. 
Wait, when did we start? When did Europe start exploring Africa? Because I think this would have a lot to to explain to it. A bunch of Ooh, like okay. Northern Europeans came down and started exploring Africa and be like, "Well, look at gee golly, look at this Sphinx up here." And they <laughs> so uh, from I'm trying to get this all together. So what you're saying is that the the actual records from the very old civilizations, say like ancient Egypt, those line up correctly with the model of the eclipses and stuff like that. No, but, those those line up with middle age astronomical events and the stories were probably made up in the middle ages and those stories were based on archaeological uh random archaeological shit they found in those areas. Oh, okay. So it's it's the mid-centuries interpretation of ancient records that gave us this wrong chronology. All right, imagine if you will Bob, you and I are uh, royal society heirs. We're like millionaire heirs <laughs> that get commissioned to be explorers for some king. And we go off exploring. We find the pyramids. And our task is to bring back the historical records of that land. And we just make it all up. And we're like, well, they... They wore all those hats like the Sphinx had, and here's all their names. <laughs> and anyone that tells us differently is a dirty sand sand person that you don't have to listen to. And we just made up a bunch of mythology based on some archaeological evidence and like based in some reality, but the ancient Wait. history of it is fabricated to a degree we can't. Believe. So they're not only making up history, but they're also making up their own unique mythology, you said? Well, no, they're saying shit like, oh, we found this tome. We found this tome, and we know it's 4,000 years old, and here's a record of them looking at the stars and doing this, and it's this, what they are finding in the stars is something that happened in 500 AD. Yeah. So the dates are wrong on what either somebody wrote it in Egypt, but it was actually 500 AD or the people in the Middle Ages made the shit up based on shit they were seeing at the time. And then and the whole story's made up. And backed up by astronomical data of that time. Because they didn't think anyone would know the difference. Aaron, you're, you're talking like these uh, Royal Society explorers did not... Um, find every single tomb for every single uh, pharaoh of Egypt listed in this lineage, and did not did not then proceed to uh, sketch out you know very precise images of each of these. And you know there, there's slight differences between them, mind you. Um, so they, they couldn't possibly have you know just made up these sketches and you know bring those back immediately to England uh, to you know then. I mean, of course, you know, I'm sure some some uh, grave robbers or bandits then later destroyed some of those uh, those tombs. But, you know, the original drawings, impeccable, uh, indisputable, right? <laughs> yes. Now, mind you, I can't prove any of this. This is just the beginning of this guy's research into his methodology. This is going to have to be like a multi-parter. It's fine. We're all start going through specific examples of shit that he thinks was just fabricated this is more of like an overview of the Fomenko chronology we definitely have to go way more in depth of this on certain like once i find like more interesting specifics i want to be able to share them with everybody but basically 
what he came to the conclusion of in the early 80s. Like, this is not that long ago when this guy's doing this, and he's it's backed up by math that alive. is correct. Yeah, he is still alive. He is actually still alive. He is ancient. Dude, how do we get him on the show? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of us has to learn Russian fast. He does not have long to live. He's like 90. Uh, Good news. Josh works for... No. <laughs> He's only 76. He'll be fine. Oh, okay. Good. Well, you better brush up on that Russian. You better br- install that new update. <laughs> so, that... Um, but, but So, anyways, you go to today and you start... So, the historians wouldn't even listen to him. They're just like, histor- history is a process it is not mathematics problem is chronology is mathematics especially when you're they're using in history they use the stars and the moon and eclipses to back up their dates like there is a metric fuck ton of math applied to that like that you can check and you know it's gonna you can absolutely double check the dates on that and they don't match. None of these ancient history accounts match any of that data. So he's finding all these huge gaps in time where he thinks that a lot of these, there's a lot of like 100, 200 year periods that just didn't happen where it just got spread out to where we have 300 to like 800 years of just extra time added where they like, this civilization was doing this. And then this civilization dominated and was doing this, but really they're both doing it at the same time. Or it's the retelling of the same story by two separate cultures that separated afterwards. Uh, okay. okay, so that makes more sense. Um, we have a bit of an overview here. I want to ask at least one specific question. When is it proposed then? How long ago was Jesus born? What's the accurate... Uh astrological yeah year of the lord <laughs> what does astrology question tell mark, us mark, about question this mark. there is gun so your head aaron gun to your head no there's so many people um that that look into this and um have different theories and why they think that the timeline's messed up there's i don't know i had there's a lot i have to go through but my best guess gun to my head it's I would guess it, so. the 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 ranges of what people think the year really is is between two and a thousand year, two hundred and a thousand years missing, like less. Time yeah, I was, I was looking passed. at the. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a minute. So I would say it's between the year eighteen hundred, thirteen hundred to eighteen hundred, probably. My estimation. Great. Uh, not, I, I don't often. know. It's a huge gap, so I like I can't make that claim. But if I had to speculate on it, like a gun to my head, it's not twenty twenty one. It's less than that by well at least two hundred years. I don't think three hundred to twelve hundred years is statistically significant. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, that's a thanks, Bob, that, Mr. Math Guy, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge range. Like, if I had to guess Price is right, I'd say it's the year 1300. I have a lot of reasons that I don't it would take. That's a whole nother episode. But <laughs> which we'll get into on a later episode. Yes. 
But I would, I, gun to my head, I'd say that. But I wouldn't be super pumped about having to answer that one. Gun to my head, just for that. Like that's, I'd only feel comfortable if they're like, "Is it the year 2021?" I'd be like, "Fuck no," and I'd feel real confident with that one. But I wouldn't Welcome feel confident about naming what year it was. Uh, uh, okay, and with, with that too, did you? Um, yeah, you'd mentioned that some theories involve only a couple hundred years. Did you look at all into the uh, Herbert Illig? Um, I think it's the Phantom Time hypothesis is how it's usually labeled. Is that the one with the? Um, is that the one with the, the Gregorian with the, calendar? Yes, the Gregorian calendar yeah, being yeah. that's just, one of the main things. Yeah, it just starts at like five ninety four or something like that. Like, what's the year it starts at? Do you know? So there, there's um, which call it? It, I, I want to say it's like in the. 1300s um where the gregorian calendar is introduced in place of i think the julian calendar and the the purpose of one of the purposes of this is to shift uh the shift the date so that easter lands on the date that they want it to or like the the right day and um but it, it shifted a different number of days than would make sense and some some math blah 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 uh it would account for a couple hundred years being missing Usually attributed to like 600 to 900 uh, AD Middle Ages, uh, Dark Ages type time period, especially where there's less record keeping and less technological technological advancement that would suggest the uh, progression of time. Yeah, like all of a sudden, like a no technology, no technology advanced for like a 700 year period in history. So I actually I did hear about a, an interesting other case of that recently with um. I was reading the this essay Marty wrote on um uh, on Japan and the it, it was so and there was this brief bit where he's talking about the, the Edo period from uh four wait what was it it was a few hundred year period I think it was like sixteen to nineteen or nineteen hundred or sixteen hundred eighteen hundred or maybe fourteen hundred eighteen hundred something like that but um the, the Edo period of Japan was kind of the the core closed off from the rest of the world period and uh very much into feudalism. But also very much into traditionalism and kind of the, the stereotypical cultural aspects and religious aspects that we know of Japan now. But in that period, they had a, almost no technological advancement. So there is another instance in history known for like you know a few hundred years of no technological advancement, or effectively you know another dark ages. And I I don't know, or you know, asking the question, I, I don't have a, a clear answer right now as to what really happened during that time. Yeah, no, there's it's a huge question mark. There's this big block of time between basically between Caligula and the start of exploration Caligula and, and the King Renaissance. Arthur. Yeah, like there's like from a hundred AD to like fourteen hundred AD, there's a lot of stagnation and a lot of historical record gaps. In whoa, a whoa, lot of countries, knights with their knights with their cool helmets and big swords and like uh, it, you know in, embroidered uh, gambesons and stuff. It's it's really cool. They had that. Fair. That was the Romans. They had that. <laughs> they had the the red like shit and the big feather helmet and that like it was a slightly different style, but it's the same thing. No, no, no. Centurions and knights completely different. Uh, Bob, what were you saying? I completely forgot. God damn it. <laughs> Ones on horses. That was the technological advancement was having more horses. And they didn't even have that many. Only like lords had them that were knights and shit. Like 
Yeah. It wasn't any different. And the Romans had that too. Their commanders rode horses and stuff. Like there there really was no difference between Rome and medieval European knights. The trebuchet? Was the trebuchet the big advancement that took fourteen hundred years to figure so. out how to fling a big rock? <laughs> like you can put a the, the force body diagram together and figure that shit out. <laughs> Like the architecture didn't get the architecture. That's the only thing we couldn't we couldn't invent anything but how to throw a big rack, and we could build the most magnificent fucking cathedrals you could ever conceive of. And those are the only two things that we did. We all of our technology was built into just building cool buildings for the ego of like a cardinal. But that yeah, that's the same explanation for Japan as well, where it's it's everything is put into that uh, you know, traditionalism and religious. Uh, aspects of their society and then you know for england and you know some of these parts of western europe everything just goes into building these giant fucking churches yeah that are incredible by the way absolutely incredible but nothing else you're telling me this every society on earth was able to build incredible structures that we can't comprehend of how they fucking did it but none of them could that that was while everyone was illiterate and wasn't allowed to read or write because a bunch of evil god worshippers were being really corrupt, and that's the only thing they spent their time doing was making them build shit. Like it doesn't check out into reality. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's so no maybe not so so, so something I learned more and more with with history is that. Life was different in the past than it is now. The world is different in the past than it is now. If you look back at the Cold War, the Cold War, like in recent history, the Cold War doesn't feel like it could have happened or doesn't like feel like a real event. If you look at the motivations and, uh, you know, the, the whole scare of communism and everything that actually happened with, uh, you know, the Korean War, Vietnam War and all of that. So look at that. And then you, you look back like with the Chicago World's Fair and like the idea of World's Fairs and what the international relations were like at that time. That's that's kind of pretty different from you know what we understand, you know, hit, uh, from from the twentieth century, mid twentieth century. That's a very different world from that. So if we go back five hundred thousand years, I, I feel like you know that sort of yeah, God worshiping uh, evil man build me a, a slaves build me a castle. That that could have been the reality of life. Well, it, it just it doesn't seem like culture could stagnate like that. People will say it's because of the internet, and like that does make it move at warp speed, the shifting of culture. But that doesn't explain like okay, so pre-internet, we went from powdered wigs to forty years later cowboy hats and six shooters to forty <laughs> years later bowler hats and creating like industry and civil war the the civil war and like using cannons to 40 years later uh we're getting automatic flying. weapons and flying, flying and and then 40 years later where it's like mad men and we're inventing advertising and like the and just the think of how vastly different every culture seems 20 years apart in america yeah, but okay. to to put those perspectives of like the the rate of progress after the industrial revolution, I feel is like kind of because uh, like those are Renaissance. two obviously separate, 
you know, rates of progress, right? But even before the Industrial Revolution. No, yeah, yeah, I agree, but, like, we didn't have... They didn't invent power tools for, like, public use until, like, 1940. Like... Yeah. It, it's not like the Industrial Revolution was this long, long time, you know, way in the way back when... when no, no, that's one what I'm remember. saying. That's I'm saying that yeah, exactly. progress yeah, yeah. started boosting faster and faster and faster ever since the Industrial Revolution. So to have stagnation in a civilization or a culture before that makes a little bit of sense. Everyone's illiterate. No one can read. Uh, resources are extremely hard to come by, meaning that they, they can't just go out and start, you know, they only have a certain bundle of like yarn or whatever. Like they can only make a certain amount of rugs for it. And that's what they're going to do, basically. Like there's... Not because everything is, you know, you have to handpick everything. Everything is like hand tools. You know what I mean? It's just life is significantly harder back then. Yeah. Yeah. The the Black Death that that reset us. But like the. um, No, I I get what the I get the explanation. It made always made sense to me at face value. But I think the stagnation is too great. Like um, even just in like style of how styles change because. Here's something that hasn't changed in like a billion years, I bet. Kids not wanting to be like their parents or like rebelling. Like you can listen to philosophers talking about kids rebelling. You're like, oh, humans were exactly the same. Like the kids of that time listening to their rock and roll, it might have been a an edgy minstrel. Corrupting the youth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Socrates corrupting <laughs> the youth. Exactly. Rock, yeah. Drink and roll superstar, Socrates. <laughs> Get that... Get that harp out of this godly house. (laughs) (laughs) There's like an intrinsic thing that all people have that they don't want to like be exactly like their parents and they want to make their own thing. And the whole notion that people were just completely different back then and they didn't have that is totally made up when you look at any writing from any period ever. Now... Domensky would tell, debate on when that period came from, when those writings came from, but there, I don't believe in that level of stagnation. Even like just how you dress would change from generation to generation. It always does, and I believe that it always has. In some yeah, way. but like, I, don't, I don't think small changes like that would be documented for us to know about, though. Especially the further back that, you get. I think yeah, that's like still... We can, like, date these clothes very well no totally but you can still measure some amount of progress like there was nothing and they always try to act like everyone's like these illiterate idiots but like the level of craftsmanship and math that has to go into that it's not just like one smart guy that invented designed the whole fucking thing and then just was able to get these retard peasants to have that level of craftsmanship like when they're building these old buildings there's some level of higher some kind of like higher order going on that when you are able to craft things to that mag you know magnificent level you're, of detail that you're, you you're losing me on this one <laughs> so so aaron aaron this this may sound so, a little bit like a crazy theory but what if okay hear me out evolution what if all of our records of the dark ages were from a a divergent evolutionary path from the humans that we know and love today wait is this aaron's (laughs) pro-evolution argument then (laughs) no no 
<laughs> yeah, if humans never changed, but we just had different non-human people back then in this these certain areas of the, the world that we're looking at these records from. Like, you can't, like, Google the Cathedral of Milan and go, I bet a bunch of retards that couldn't read built that, and then nothing else happened. The end. Like, that checks out. Well, okay, just because they can't read doesn't mean they're not retards. Like, people didn't have access to those things back then. Like, they were still... Just because someone's, like, a skilled craftsman, like a stonemason or something, doesn't mean he's like, oh, well, that guy could totally figure out how to read. It's like, no, he wouldn't have the means. But what Maybe Fomensky, the books are holding them back. But what Fomensky is saying is they did... Ha- they had probably access to more than you think, and they definitely had access to looking at what the moon was doing and recording it and writing the date and those dates are wrong. So he's saying it didn't happen when it did. So like that's that's basically the overview of this guy's theory and we I do want to yeah. do a specific story or two from that to prove his point at a later episode. Yeah, I think we can say for another night it, it, the discussion of exactly what sort of jute that these dark ages craftsmen. <laughs> Excellent, I'm, but um, I'm really excited now. <laughs> this is going to be incredible. Yeah, I, I think, like, I think we have a good introduction to the premise that there is a, a scientific explanation and a legitimate explanation for how dates line up or the chronology that we traditionally have understood may not check out. Uh, you know, upon more critical examination um, and any any. Closing, you know, thoughts, questions. What, what else do you want the, the listeners to take out of this, Aaron? Basically, one French guy, Scaligari, or whatever his name was, probably didn't just nail it in fifteen seventy. Like he probably didn't just go boom, all the timelines line up. Don't worry about it. And then they, you, you expect that we have more historical records than I think we actually do. Yeah, basically. I think. Um, when I was trying to read up on this, I, I found a, a stat that uh, historians expect us to be able to uncover about two to five percent of history of uh, of historical like documents, artifacts, whatever. So that's kind, of, and of course, it's gonna be less and less the further back you go. Yeah, and if the prevailing theory is right and everyone's illiterate through the, all the Dark Ages, it leads to a really centralized source of knowledge that and we know what centralizing anything does it leads to massive amounts of fraud and corruption like there's ample opportunity then in this 1300 year period for somebody to go i don't like this book purge it from the earth actually write a new one and change these things about it because then it fits my theories like there's just a lot more of that that's able to go on and a lot of forging you know forgeries of history going on during that period of shit that might not have ever happened and it's just a myth it's a mythology story told as history that's all okay bob <laughs> no oh, great i sort of agree i just I'm, I'm having trouble with the way you're explaining it there's clarification to be to be had in this. Totally. I'm trying to just yeah. do a br- brief and overview I, of the concept I, of what could be possible. I, I think it's a semantic argument of what we're trying to describe to one another. Because um, I, I don't Probably, think... Probably, yeah. I, I honestly think like ancient Greeks and ancient Egyptians, like they knew exactly... They were documenting what they saw in the stars accurately. 
Like they wrote like, you know, the moon was in this position or the stars were in this position. Well, it's like, okay, you know what time of the month it was and you know what time of the year it was, but the year you can decide from the, the eclipse. So they're writing things down accurately, but they're what the date that they're putting down it transcribed and rewritten into the date that the middle century motherfuckers put down is what is being confused. And we got taught by the P the thing that we're taught now is what those, uh, anywhere's between 500 AD and 15 or 1600 AD, what they compiled. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that, yes. Yeah. It's not that ancient people didn't exist. Like obviously (laughs) Egypt exists. Well, that's like why I was asking you. I was like, is it the Middle Ages guy fucking it all up? Or is it the, the ancient, more ancient people fucking it all up? But yeah, the Middle Ages people yeah. compiling it, and fucking, fucking it all up. And some ancient people doing a, writing a bunch of horse shit and the king doesn't know any better. And their yeah. records are all fucked up. And we're basing a bunch of shit off of one like lying bureaucrat. Does that sound like a familiar story you've ever heard? You <laughs> no, know, I've like, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure corruption was the thing that came in with like a you know the, the American way of government. It started with the Republican <laughs> Party in, in 1858. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it started on January 6. <laughs> yeah, that's when corruption started. Ah, <laughs> uh, goodness gracious! Now, now, Bob, I believe you have a, a scientist to discover for us tonight. I do. Oh my God, this this one's pretty exciting here. Uh, so, we have 3.42 billion-year-old fossil threads, maybe the oldest known archaea microbes. The structure of chemistry in the filament hints that they may be ancient cells. Wait, did they say it's 2.4 billion years old? 3.42. 3.42? Is that, yeah. What's the age of the Earth? <laughs> Is it supposed to be 6 billion? I... Uh, I I thought you were going to say 6.6 fucking billion. I was going to shit my pants. <laughs> I love this because they, they have no idea what they're talking about. I try to find like the one paragraph where they explain it. And so here, let me, let me read this for you guys. Read some science to us, Bob. Yeah. Biologists have deduced that metabolisms based on, uh, munching or belching methane evolved early on, but don't know exactly when, uh, says this geobiologist at some university. Previous research has found uh, indirect evidence of, so indirect evidence of methane cycling microbes in the chemistry of a fluid filled pockets of ancient rock from around 3.5 billion years ago. Okay, but <laughs> that work didn't find the actual microbes. With this new fossil analysis, what we find basically is evidence of about the same age. But this is a cellular remain. It's the... Okay, wait. This is a cellular remain. It's the organism. I don't know what that even means. Like, it doesn't... A lot of this paragraph doesn't even make sense. They they found... They found a microbe microbe they're claiming is 3.5 billion years old. You see, it was sealed in a rock. Off of a theory that was deduced from uh, other evidence. And then this was, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Another work found the actual microbes. So it's all like (laughs) like two degrees. Like I said, we don't know how old the pyramids are. And those were made out of rock. 
<laughs> and but they know this rock is three point four two billion years old. Yeah. Yeah. Where did they get the number from? <laughs> from the, imagination. The, well, if they put together the evolutionary chain. This is the only thing that mentions the 3.5 billion years old was the previous research has found indirect evidence for methane cycling microbes in the chemistry oh, of okay. fluid filled pockets of ancient rocks from around 3.5 billion years ago. Hey, quick, quick question. Do, um, do methane cycling microbes still exist in the modern world? That I, I have no probably. idea. Probably we don't uh, know yeah. all the microbes. Yeah, that's, that's the, that... I, they probably do. I'm pretty sure oh, they yeah. do. They they probably have them like you know in wastewater treatment plants or something. So the big question is how much have they evolved since over 3.5 billion years old? <laughs> is, this, years. is this the damselfly <laughs> of microbes? <laughs> it's wow. stasis. Don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Look. <laughs> That I love it. But I know we're ending right now, but I would uh, first of all, I want to kick myself in the balls for last week bragging about how nice my voice probably sounded and then I was recording on the <laughs> wrong microphone. <laughs> I loved it. What a stupid asshole I am. Yeah, so uh when I brag about how good my audio is and it's the worst it's ever been, that's why I'm retarded. I <laughs> never switched the input on my <laughs> microphone. So I had a new mic set up and was recording on the old one that was sitting directly behind it, obstructed by a new microphone. He so it sounded way better, obviously. He didn't unplug his old microphone. <laughs> End of the episode, how he brought us into the episode. Aaron, great job. What elaborate bits you come up with. Such a <laughs> such a funny story you got there. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> my my retardation is so elaborate. Fucking boomer. Thank you for uh, <laughs> listening, guys. <laughs> Have a good one. Episode, I don't know what of 59. 59. Awesome. Whatever. Fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat. You've got mail. What the fuck?